general nerdery. So I was listening to last week's episode in that, you know, judge myself relentlessly sort of way. And I was like, why do I sound like a fucking frog in this entire thing? And then I remembered that we live in a chimney. We live in like, a, I mean, just all of us. Zula. Oh, yeah. It is a valley with like four entrances that just pulls in smoke from like Everywhere. every state in the West. Yeah. So I never thought of it as a chimney. That's a really good like. There's a reason it's all gray right now. Yeah. So I'm just introing that. So if I do sound like I have recently died and come back to life, this is why. Yeah. Science news. Friday we were amongst the worst air quality on Earth. Yesterday it was. That's actually good science news. Actually, yeah. Uh, Yesterday it was listed as unhealthy, and I'm like, I'm gonna go run around in the park and hit people with sticks. Like the worst thing you can do in the middle of a fire. Um, I'm gonna try not to complain too much though, because I still remember how bad it got when Blue was on fire. Oh, more years. When was that? That was a couple years. Yeah, there's a couple years ago. Okay. Um, anyways, podcast, that's what we're doing. Oh, Welcome yeah. to General Nerdery, your podcast about liking things. We're your Journals of Nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And with us today, we have our friend Heidi. Hi. Hi, Heidi. That's Heidi. Once again, I invited a guest without asking Tyler and then showed up with a stranger at his house. Uh, but so far, it's worked out, so we're going to just yeah play with yeah. it, I guess. Works for me. Oh, yes, this is what... I haven't had a guest in a while that's not a returning guest. Uh, Heidi. What are your nerd credentials? Uh, I love Doctor Who. Um, Good I choice love, of episode. I, <laughs> I love um, I love Pokemon. Um, I've been playing Pokemon since I was like ten, and so you course, jumped on on first gen like us. I did or? I did Pokemon Blue was my first game. Yep. That's my girl. But Pokemon Yellow was probably my favorite just because I thought it was cute. Little Pikachu following you around. Yellow was um, my first. I didn't have yellow. All of my friends did. So I was just walking, like, this is bullshit. You get a Pikachu following you. My, uh, my, I actually had a boyfriend in middle school because I was, like, one of the only girls that liked Pokemon along with my friend. And we traded Pokemon cards, and he found his uh, Pokemon Yellow game a few years ago, and his Pikachu is still named Heidi. Oh, that's adorable. From, like, 1999. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. I never renamed it. I don't rename my Pokemon. I, I don't I Hardly ever. I, I've never been a big nicknamer. I did when I was, like, a kid. Like, you know, I was in fucking third grade when it came out, I want to say. I would always name my um, rival, like, ass or something. But. Yeah. <laughs> the, there you go. When butt was still the naughty word, like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> His name's butt. I guess I will now in Pokemon Go if I get like uh, a hundo. Like if I get a perfect. I'll yeah, yeah put stats on it. Yeah, a fancy one or like yeah. a nice shiny that I like. Yeah. I'll give it a fancy name. I don't bother for most of them, but my wife like religiously organizes her Pokebo- uh, Pokebox by name. So it'll be like one, which means okay to trade. Like zero is whatever. Get rid of it if you need to or trade. One is like save this for trading, yada, 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 the name, and then where she caught it. So she can keep yourself, like, one of my best Pokemon, it's almost 3,000, and it's named, like, Zero Stevi 40. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. Yeah, nope. Mine's like, oh, cool, I got a perfect Garchomp, so I'm naming it Bruce after the... Uh, 
the shark from Jaws. Oh, nice. Yeah, that sort of thing. Anyway. I'm sorry, we interrupted you. No, uh, it's totally fine. (laughs) It's totally fine. Um, And uh, definitely Harry Potter. Definitely. And I I would still say Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, just because I feel like The Hobbit was probably like my first nerdy thing, because my dad read me The Hobbit when I was seven. And I was obsessed with it. My favorite was uh, the riddles in the dark, and I had them all memorized. Oh damn! At one point, yeah. Oh, damn. When because I would make my dad read me that chapter so many times, and then he read me uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, and then by that time I was like old enough, and I finished the trilogy. Dad's mistake on that one in my part was he tried too early to read me Fellowship. Like, mm. we read Hobbit, and we'd read a bunch of Mossflower, and it was fine. And then we did Fellowship, and I had nightmares for a week. And he's like, well, guess we're not doing this. I think he actually stopped for a little bit in Fellowship. Because I remember that one taking a while, and I think that was why I think he realized that it was actually scaring the crap out of me. Also, was- Mossflower. Man, that series. It, I read uh, Mossflower to my wife like a year or two back. Just, like, at night I before bed. I picked it up in a, in a bookstore recently. I read, like, ten pages, and I was like, this is still legit. It holds up. It's still really good. Sarmina is the dumbest villain of all time. Like, she's cool, but every decision she makes is, like, actively designed to be the worst possible choice she could make. Like, hmm. I mean, it was, like, a preteen series oh, yeah, about no, it, mice. I read it first first time when I was six. I'm oh, recognizing yeah, that yeah, there's, yeah. like... I feel like, yeah, it was like <laughs> yeah, I was, like, eight or nine, yeah. I kind of directly attribute it to my love of fantasy, though. Yeah. I don't know this series at all. Really? The, oh, yeah. Red, yeah. Was it, is it the Redwall series? Redwall, Mossfield, yeah. Oh, uh, Red, okay. I, mean, like, I had a bunch of friends that read Redwall. There's, like, 20 books. Did. I think I read, like, six of them, but there's a ridiculous amount. I dropped out at about, like, 15, and then he kept going. Yeah. I mean, he kept going until he died, which, respect. Me, me and my friends would always, like, buy different ones, so then we could just, like, trade around, because there were so many, we didn't want to pay for all of them. <laughs> it's one we of the did f- that with Goosebumps, too. It's one of the first books I think I ever bought with my own money. Nice. So, like, the Long Patrol, which is one of the bad ones, by the way. But I was like, yeah, I got this, I'm so excited, it's my book, people should read my book. And Dad's like, oh, I don't want to read this one. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what have we been adjusting? What have we? So I've decided that I'm close enough that I'm just going to, like, hunker down in 100% Valhalla. So I've been trying to get some of the, like, more stupid tasks out of the way, like uh, hand-catching one of every fish in the game and stuff like that. So Shit like that is why I've never been able to 100% completion a game. I'm close enough now, and, like, I'm still not burnt out, and there's going to be a new DLC dropping, like, within the next two months or so, that I'm like, I might as well just go for it, because they've, they've got me. And along with that, like, I ended up, I was throwing a recommendation towards a coworker, and it turned into me just completely re-binging uh, all three seasons of Dear White People. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah, you told me that you were... Yeah, I just went hard, and... It was great. I I can't wait for the last season to finally come out. Hopefully soon. I don't know if they've set a date yet, but I like that show a lot. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> I need to watch it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the three sitcoms I really just need to like sit down and finally watch are I don't know if that one really counts as sitcom, but yeah. comedy ish yeah. show. 
Uh, that dramedy. Yeah. Does, yeah. does sitcom have to have a laugh track? No. But most of them do. Because Scrubs didn't have a laugh track, and it oh, is 100% a sitcom. That, like, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but later on, I feel like it was more of a dramedy. But also... Scrubs is a very a special show that we could do a whole thing on. Like it's a. I don't think it requires a laugh track, but I think most of them. But okay, so comedy shows that I need to sit down and watch is that Dear White People, uh, Shit's Creek, and um, yeah, yeah, The Good Place. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Like three. Well, I mean. Besides Ted Lasso, three of the other best shows that I've seen like in the last couple of years. Last couple of years. So. Shit's Creek is just phenomenal. I'm just like Except, obsessively waiting for the next Ted Lasso episode. I, you know, if you started watching Shit's Creek though, and you really didn't like season one, I wouldn't blame you. It's about what it becomes. That's I've very heard true. that. I'm a fan of Star Trek. I know how to sit through a bad first season. <laughs> We'll get to that at some point. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about me? Most of my stuff has been repeats. Uh, we got back into Briscoe County Junior because we had dropped off that for a while. New season of BuzzFeed Unsolved has started watching that. Uh, I think the only thing that I've been watching that I don't think we've talked about on the show before is a, uh, a web show, a YouTube show called Dish Granted. It is... It's from one of the guys on the show Worth It, which was all about like going and trying different foods and like the cheap option and the fancy like stupid $700 burger option the like stuff that makes me a class warrior but this one is one of the guys from that who's like I've tried some of the most insane food in the world I'm gonna try to make some of it now and he just gets someone in the, he's like what do you want me to make you and they'll be like oh, fried chicken or a hamburger or whatever and he's like alright I've got free reign to make the best fried chicken I possibly can or the fruit and like has to be dropping hundreds of dollars on the quality of ingredients he's getting. It's like stupid decadent, but it's really kind of fun at the same time. In one episode, his buddy who's purposely trying to make this impossible for him is like, you need to make me a smoister, which is a combination of a s'more and an oyster into a like tasty dish. I think I just threw up. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, that's disgusting. And that episode is probably my favorite, because watching him be like, what the fuck? Mm, nope, nope, I'm good. I'm good on all that. He Never sort again. of succeeded, but it was still did not. Never Anyways. again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi, what about you? Um, really been into, recently, I, um, I finished the... I just totally forgot the name. Um, there's two books. There's going to be a third. Um, the first one is called A Blade So Black. I don't know. And it's, um, it's kind of, it's a, it's like a urban fantasy Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. And it's really baller, cool. It's basically in Atlanta and also Wonderland. And. Uh, what did you say the name was? Um, a Blade So Black. I can't remember if that's the first or the second one. The names are very similar. That's what Wikipedia here is for. By L.L. McKinney. Yes. Volume one of the Nightmare Verse The Nightmare Verse. That's what it is. Yeah. So I'm waiting on the third one of that. And that one's just really cool. All the characters are, are awesome. And a lot of, like, really good representation. Oh, nice. I feel like. Um, which I feel like we need more of, especially in fantasy and 
Oh, God, Sci-fi. Yeah. And that might be, like, the sub-theme of our show, if we're being honest. <laughs> like, please less white dudes. Yeah, yeah. And um, another one is a, a finished series of four books that I really liked uh, called The Wayfarer series by Becky Chambers. And it's just a universe full of humans and aliens and all these um, interspecies relationships. And it's really interesting because it, you know, it talks about like basically modern topics in a way where it's like other species. It's like they'll be sitting down and just like having a conversation like, oh, you have a tail. What is that like? Kind of like, you know. Interesting. And, yeah, it's it's really cool. And I mean, there's, and like, they use so many different pronouns in it too, which I find really interesting. And I like, like, there's certain species that are like, oh, everyone is born, you know, they, and then they become a gender. And then at this point, they switch genders. And You have been recommending oh. this book to me for literally years. And every time you talk about it, I'm like, I need to listen to this damn book. I have. Yeah, the first it's one is literally downloaded on my phone right now, and I still just keep being like, "Oh yeah, Star Wars. Oh yeah." <laughs> yeah, the first one is called a, uh, "A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet," and yeah, it's absolutely excellent. And a show I've been obsessed with, well, besides Shit's Creek, but um, is uh, Euphoria on HBO. It's, uh, I know the name, but I couldn't. I can tell you literally nothing about that it. That one with Zendaya. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's I haven't watched Zendaya. it. Yet, I have, I know I have read about this the one. The soundtrack is phenomenal, and she's phenomenal. Um, everyone in it's just really good, and uh, yeah, it's really interesting, and it's beautiful, and it's sad, and uh, season two is coming out, and I'm really excited about that. Isn't so. she in the Dune remake? Yeah, she's yeah. Chani. That's soon yeah. too. <laughs> She's amazing. They just put out um, character posters today. Yeah. They look awesome. Although I, I'm still wondering if we're going to get enough sequels for it to matter that Jason Momoa is Duncan Idaho. If it works, they've got Jason Momoa for like 15 movies. But <laughs> if it doesn't, well, I'll be sad and then I'll watch it a bunch when I get high. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> news. That kind of actually segues us into news. How about you give us our science, Reed? Okay. Let's see how this goes. Oh, Wait. Newstastic 4. You gotta just record that I now. know. <laughs> so, a group of scientists did a genome resequencing of uh, cannabis sativa, which unravels the domestication history of it. Mike? Do you know any of that history? Uh, only the very early stuff, because this was a... I was reading an actual science paper, and I'm not wildly scientifically literate, but <laughs> we first uh, started domesticating it in Neolithic times in East Asia, which would be Neos before Paleo. I, th I don't know if that one, which direction that is, but thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Long time. Long time. Not terribly far from when we started using the bow. So, like... We have had this for fucking ever. <laughs> and then it, um, all current hemp and drug cultivars diverged from an ancestral gene pool currently represented by feral plants and land acre and land races in China. So okay. a lot of it tracked down. I mean, I don't know if it was originally only in Asia, but like, okay, we found it in Asia and took it with us literally everywhere. everywhere. 
Interesting. Okay. Yep, that's that's, that's about all. I'm sorry. I'm reading through this, and it's... <laughs> cool. Then we'll go on to the other kind of just easy-to-get-through news, because I'm not going to list off all of it. Uh, they recently, for our, our rock-solid Ben Grimm, they announced the, uh, the Emmy nominees. Oh, yeah. Oh, Marvel got a ton of them. Well, okay, like... Genre in general is just getting all the the noms, but uh, Mandalorian got twenty four nominations. Not Wanda- Regina Carano though. No, Wandavision no. got twenty. <laughs> Wandavision got twenty three nominations. Jesus. Falcon Winter Soldier got five, although one of those is really weird. Like Didn't Don Cheadle get yeah, like Don Cheadle got nominated and he was in it for like. Two minutes total? Yeah, I really love Don Cheadle. We are in no way knocking him, but that is in like, like the, the least involved episode. person. Um and then like off of that, like I know the boys got a few noms. Um, even though it got canceled, Lovecraft Country got eighteen nominations. I thought Lovecraft Wait. got a second season. Oh no, no it got one and done. That hurts. But I'm glad it did. And Euphoria got three nominations, I believe. Mm-hmm. I was also annoyed at the fact the Friends reunion got, like, a couple nominations. Like, they didn't do anything. Right. They literally just, like, showed up and talked about how they were on the show together. Like, what is that? I'm down with that. But, I mean, like, do it as a fucking podcast. I mean, I'm fine yeah. with it. <laughs> I listened to, like, six of those podcasts. I mean, but... I'm fine with it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. But, like, does it Deserve an Emmy? Do they really do much? Yeah, I mean, the reunion episode, at least, definitely no. No. Because <laughs> it wasn't in an episode. They were just, you know, sitting and chatting. like. And then there was a few other things that we like that aren't necessarily genre, like Ted Lasso picked up quite a few noms and stuff. But It deserves it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just weird that all these things we love are sort of dominating all the awards. Well. It's cool. Disney realized that they can do genre films if they take them seriously, or at least sort of seriously. Yeah. People love it, and we'll give them lots of Disney Plus. Like, that's most of Disney Plus's approach. Yeah. We'll do Marvel and Star Wars stuff on it. Give us money. Oh, and uh, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai picked up uh, a number of noms, too. I've not watched any it's of that. It's supposed to be amazing. I have, part of me I really wants to, and part of me really doesn't. Like, more power to the people that make it, that star in it. Like, I am super for people who want to return to a role 40 years later. I'm no knocks on that. Yeah. But Good on you. <laughs> old man karate kid is such a wild concept to me that I'm like... I don't know how close to that movie I really was. Like, yeah, see, I I have no sort of attachment exactly. to the original, so I feel like some people a, fucking do though. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's cool. If that's your thing. That's cool. Um, from the few people I know that have watched it, I've only heard like outstanding things. So I'm kind of curious myself. I uh, I don't know. I always liked the movie a bit, but it's it's fine. It falls under, I'm glad it exists, even if it's not something that I, like, chase out myself. Mm-hmm. What you got? What you got um, 
I know you got hot and new. I I sent this to you the moment I saw it. Clerks 3 begins filming next month. Uh, Kevin Smith announced today. And he gave the basic premise of the uh, plot. It is Randall has a heart attack and almost dies because Kevin Smith is just making autobios now, if we're being honest. (laughs) Have fun, Kevin. Clerks always was um, very autobiographical. Yeah. Yeah. but Randall almost has a heart attack and dies and decides okay. to make a film with his friends in the quick stop. Like, it is... Okay, I love that. I'm really in favor of this, don't get me wrong, but Kevin's not even pretending that he's not just like, I want to talk about me for a while. Why should he? You know? Yeah. I am I mean, that does fit more with Clerks than any of his other... I feel like it fits. Because, I mean, the first Clerks was about him in his 20s, mm-hmm. and... All the characters are based directly off his fr- off his friend group. Mm. Uh, you know, most of his friend group were was in it, missing like Brian Johnson is the big one, and that's about it. And he was behind the camera, I think. No, him and Brian Johnson were feuding at the time. Oh, okay. Um, it was a really he's s- the biggest Kevin Smith fanboy I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big, long, drawn out thing, and it was more like if one of them would have just fucking talked to the other one first, he probably would have been in the movie. But. Oh, so like most teenager and twenties te- uh, dramas. Yeah, but Randall is Brian Johnson, so. Um, then his the second one, like Kev might not have ever worked in a convenient, like in a mm-hmm. fucking movies, or like or like a Mick job basically. But he's been very on the record saying that if Clerks was him like talking about his what he felt about life in his twenties, then number two was how he felt about life in his thirties. Well, and so three is going to be how he feels about life in his forties. It was pretty, cl- and he almost died. Yeah, and he almost <laughs> died. It was pretty clear when uh, around that time in his career that before he had been like, "Oh, I should be like a big star movie director. Like, I should make some like more tentpole stuff." Mm-hmm. And his attempts didn't really work. So Clerks Two, on some level, I think, was kind of him being like, maybe accepting indie movies is more his scene. <laughs> Yeah, that or like Red State and Tusk. I'm gonna count it as an indie. It's indie horror <laughs> weirdo gross movies, but like, again, glad they exist. Um, I'm You're the super only person I've met who likes Tusk. I love Tusk. I know. I'm looking at the poster right now. It's also one of my favorite movie posters. Just, it is pretty good. I'll it's a that. good poster. I actually man. haven't seen that. Uh, <laughs> man gets sewn Just, into a. Walrus costume? Michael Parks turns Justin Long into a walrus. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's kind of my, like... <laughs> All right. Anyway. That's, that's an interesting concept. Uh, I'm excited for Clerks 3. I enjoyed Jane Silent Bob reboot, but I'm also looking forward to one that is clearly not, like, two or three movie ideas he had all meshed into a single movie. Um, I'm happy to see that he Rosario is going to be back at least a little bit. I saw in the announcement. Well, those two have stayed close, right? But she's a also, big star, yeah, a big <laughs> star, and has much more important time things than he does. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm filming Ahsoka, but sure, I'll come show up in fucking Clerks Three. Yeah. That, could you just stop podcasting for one minute, little silly Bob over there? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm stupid hyped for it. That and I just can't. I 
I still need the second Mar the, the yeah. Mall Rats too. Mm-hmm. Twilight of the Mall Rats. I still hate that name. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Johnny Storm, hot, exciting thing. Yeah, so also Fire. announced two hours ago, Blade has a director. Yeah, I was Marvel, looking at this. The Marvel Cinematic Universe's version of Blade, uh, starring Mahershala Ali. Uh, we knew before that it was going to be written by Stacey Osei-Kofer, and the director is now going to be Bassam Tariq. Um, Has he done anything that I would have seen, or that people would have seen? He, I haven't seen it yet. He did an indie flick called uh, Mogul Mowgli, starring Reese Ahmed. And this is going to be his first major studio project, though. Huh. That's cool. Marvel's got a pretty good track record of grabbing indie directors and being like, come. Make our big budget things. We have like six other directors you can fall back on if you need. So cool. Now we know who's making it. Hopefully that means they're close to production so that they can start filming it. Cause I want to see play. I read that they were planning to start production. I believe next summer. Okay. Well, fine. Not soon enough for me. But <laughs> whatever. It's okay. We I have Shang-Chi coming to see up play. soon. Shang-Chi looks fucking sweet. That's true. That's very true. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure there was nothing else, but it's a it's a pretty sparse announcement. It's mostly that it's this dude and it's happening. Yeah, so it's kind of a slow news couple of weeks. That's fine with me. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Doctor Who and Jodie Whittaker, and uh, I guess just that. No, I don't have a follower. <laughs> I think last time I might have said, like at the end of the last episode, that we were going to uh, talk about the first three episodes of Jody's run. But then I was watching through and I saw the third episode was Rosa, which is about Rosa Parks. And it's admittedly one of my favorite episodes of the season. But I am a very white guy without a lot of research. I am super not qualified to talk about an episode about the civil rights movement that I did not have time to make when I was like watching this episode like. Night before last, and you're like, oh. Also, maybe the type of episode that deserves its own episode. Yeah, exactly. I, I was rather than being, it too. I feel like I could. I mean, rather yeah. than being lumped in with. What had happened yeah, is I had got episodes three and four in which order they showed up, flopped. So I was like, mm. it'll be the big spiders episode. That'll oh, be funny. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this more work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about, I guess, the first two episodes, which is which. That's it thematically makes sense because it's mm -hmm. all about uh, Jody getting her shit together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, which is woman who fell to earth and the ghost monument. Yes, but before we dive into kind of that and all the setup for this, Heidi, what's your relationship with Doctor Who beyond the fact that you're wearing a TARDIS T-shirt as we speak? I, I am. <laughs> um, well, when I was a kid, actually, my uncle my uncle loves everything sci-fi. He has this room full of little, like, Star Trek figurines. It's kind of awesome. I like him. Yeah, he's he's really cool. Um, used to do tons of acid in the 70s. Um, but, yeah, I would, like, go to his house, and he would always have on, like, old BBC reruns of, like, The Fourth Doctor. And I remember that I don't remember, like, really liking it as, like, a seven-year-old, but I do remember liking it a lot more than, like, Star Trek. 
The so. beginning of that sentence, I was like agreeing with you until literally those last two words. And I'm like, oh, very different experience. But I, I, was, I was seven. No, yeah. no, it makes sense. It's not. But then I got back into it, I think really when Matt Smith became the doctor. Because my friend kept telling me, you need to watch, you need to watch it. And finally I did. I was like, oh. This oh I'd always thought you had started watching good. more in the RTD era. Okay. I I didn't not I don't I don't know why I was yeah, no, like my one of my best friends, she was like obsessed and I was like, eh. And then finally I was like, okay, and that was when Mass Miss started. And then I actually I watched like his first season and then I went back and started with nine and then How is that starting with like when Moffat takes over and jumping back to the RTD era? Because I started with RTD, so like the I, upgrade of like how it looks, I was like, holy crap, this is a completely different show. Visually, <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially I feel like, especially if you watch nine season and then go to. That's it. I will stand for Christopher. Oh, I will stand oh no, for he, he's a great. Effort. I'm just more talking about like visual. <laughs> oh yeah, no, those yeah. effects were cheap. Yes. <laughs> oh, those autons in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> they, they tried. You know, I love that season so much for all of. Uh, oh, anyways. I, I love that season. <laughs> um, but I, I sometimes wonder if that's a reason that I, I like Moffat a lot more than I feel like a lot of my friends that started with nine or ten, and maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Well, I can I see like that. That's kind of your like Moffat in full control was like where you were started mm-hmm. with, so it's what seems most natural. We've talked about Moffat before, but, like, you know, I, there's stuff about him I really love. He's written some of the best episodes. Of the He's, top ten, I'd give oh. him probably five if oh. I were to, like, look through. Absolutely. Yeah, if you were to give me a list, yeah. Just the way he runs entire seasons infuriates me at times. <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable. Yeah. I think he needs someone to tell him no sometimes. But that's actually my opinion about most, like, really good sci-fi creators. Because mm. they George just Lucas, run with it. Yeah. George Lucas super needed someone to tell him no. Like, uh, Moffat, I feel like, was really good when he was the person telling RTD no. Mm. Or, like, oh, yeah. those two balancing off each other. But, again, I mean, we've covered, of the, like, three or four Doctor Who episodes we've covered, three of them have been Moffat that we've picked. Yeah. It makes fantastic episodes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, Vin- Vincent and the Doctor. Is- Did he write that one? I I know he was show running, so he was still yeah. heavily involved. Uh, now, now I'm questioning it. I'm not sure, but um, that is one of my favorite. Who is your doctor? Or I guess, like, let's be honest. Who's your like top few? Because picking one is me. You know, I definitely like. I love Capaldi. I just really, really love Capaldi, and even though. A lot of, like, the stories weren't my favorite. I just think him as the Doctor, especially the dynamic that him and Bill had, was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And I I really, I, I liked him. I liked that he was such a contrast to Matt Smith. I enjoyed that contrast. And, uh, I, and I also really love Matt Smith. And, you know, oh, yeah, he- I think he's fantastic. I rewatched recently oh. some of those like early Matt Smith ones. I mean, like, his, he, I mean, his episodes. I will say, Matt Smith makes me cry the most out of all the, and everyone usually everyone's like David Tennant, and I'm just like, 
That's the... David Tennant might have aged worst as the doctor for me in retrospect as opposed to any other doctor, which he's still in my, like, top half of the 13, 14, 15 people who have played the doctor, 16. However However uh, you count it. (laughs) But, like, when I go back for stuff, it's usually either, like, Eccleston, Smith, or Capaldi, I'm much less likely to be like, I want a David Tennant episode right now. Yeah, there's a few, like, I mean, Gridlock is one of my When I go back, it's like, episodes. though, it's like, oh, I want to go watch some Donna, or I want to yes. watch some, and yeah. Tennant's great, so I don't know why the, but, like, my brain's like, yeah. Those have aged, I feel like they have aged a little weird. I don't know why, some of them. They're also some of the ones I watched the most, though, when I was younger, so it could just be my brain's like, You've seen You've 42 s- about 600 times. Oh. <laughs> like, was, I, I will go, oh, shit. Bad. I don't know why I can't remember the first, the name of the first part of the two-parter, but I will go back to Tenant for uh, whatever it in, is in and the, Family of Blood. Oh, okay, yeah, those. Oh, also, uh, Vincent one? and the Doctor was written by Richard Curtis. Oh, okay. Who also wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill. <laughs> Love Actually, and he was a co-writer on Black Adder and Mr. Bean. I have seen way more of this dude than I was ever aware of. Me too. Like, all right. <laughs> oh, and uh, the Bridget Jones Diary movies. Like, yeah. all of them, it looks like. How oh. do you do that and Black Adder? You, you're versatile, I guess. I guess. What I love about Vincent and the Doctor is they clearly are like, okay, we need to spend as little money as possible in this episode. Like, we'll go to Italy, sure, that's fine. But, like... <laughs> No budget for sci-fi effects this episode. That's true. But I don't know. I I feel like that one also always like makes me cry. Oh, it's great. This <laughs> is just It's just so good. My mom even liked that episode. I was like, Will you watch one Doctor Who episode? And she was like, Yes. She likes art. So I was like, if anything, she'll like and she goes, I did like that. That was It's sweet. one of the best of Smith's run, I think. I just also think it's really funny to watch them like swing a chair at nothing and not even, like, bother to put, like, a CGI, like, bat there or something, like... Yeah. That is, that is actually really funny. But these episodes, yeah. you know... Yeah. What Moving on from for. Moffat and Matt Smith. Uh, and... But this is the first time... Heidi and I were talking about this at work today. This is the first time since it launched that Moffat isn't involved in the show. Yeah, in anything. So it's part of the reason why we wanted to do it, of like, well, how does it do? Um, I will say, real early on, I really like this stuff. I do find it very hard to critique because of the number of people who are shitty about Jody online. Yeah. If there's something that doesn't work for me, I'm like, oh. But um, if I critique it, I sound like the people who are like, well, I like Jody, but they just... Look, I still don't like. I still don't like bringing up the 2016 Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know, I same thing. Same thing. Didn't see that, so I. I It's another one where the internet got so shitty and sexist that even like when it came time for people to be like, I have critiques of the movie, but it's been so drowned out by people abusing like the movie actors that I don't fucking want to like. That you just say anything. Yeah. (laughs) It's like okay. Movie didn't work for me, but it had nothing to do with the fact that it had a female cast. That was cool. That was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, there's things I could say, but I'm not going to, because they're saying way too much. Mm -hmm. This, this, I I made sure to watch these particular episodes when they dropped, 
just because I, you know, everybody was mm-hmm. like, you can't make the doctor a chick. I'm like, I hate you, internet person. <laughs> Shut up. And I haven't watched them since, and I think I watched them way too tired, like, when I got home from work, because I only remembered, like, little bits and pieces of it, so it was kind of nice getting this fresh of a rewatch on them. I will say, because I watched them as they come out, um, they're not my favorite seasons, but this also did come off of Capaldi's final season, which is my all-time favorite season of Doctor Who. So, like, again, they're not my favorite doesn't mean they're bad by any stretch of the imagination. I just, the bar was so high for me. That's true. (laughs) And, I mean, the writing is very different. Yeah. You know, he has a very different style than Davies or Moffat or any... Moffat really was playing up the Doctor as, like, almost a god? That's what I was going to say. Like, first fairy tale and then kind of, like, all-knowing... Almost a trickster god. Yeah, very kind of Loki-ish. I feel like Capaldi became, like, a trickster god and then... And Matt Smith was like, you know. He was a fairy tale. Exactly. That's, uh, yes. He was a totally, and I mean, David Tennant kind of was too, mm-hmm. in lots of ways, especially the, you know, with Rose. Yeah, that's very much. But uh, Chibnall's doctor is not nearly as, like, omnipotent. Yeah. She's encountering an alien species she's not heard of before. That hasn't happened in seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I mean, Ch- Chibnall... That kind of threw me at first, to be honest. I was like, yeah. wait, you don't know? You're the doctor. You're supposed Come to. Come on, you know. But if you ever watch old school doctor stuff, he he was just a dude. Like, he was, you know, smart and been around in a lot of places. But he was like, what, what is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> like, he was just... You know, a traveler from another planet. Mm-hmm. He wasn't some sort of savior figure, I think, is kind of what they, they made, especially with... Moffat definitely played him as a superhero in the end. Yeah. Someday I'll stop talking about Moffat in the non-Moffat episode, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, he did become that. And then you go back and watch older Doctor Who, even, you know, even, like, Eccleston in, like, the very beginning of David today. It's still more, he's just a dude... From another planet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think that's part of why I like the Eccleston Doctor so much is that he is kind of just a dude for so long. But. <laughs> yeah, he's just I a get dude. It. Uh, how did Jody do? I guess for like Jody, I'm so, okay. I need to watch more of Jody apparently because I need to get more of a handle on her. But I like how much some of the core doctor traits started coming through really soon and just really wanting to help people and reassure people. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. And I, I, this is something that she got like a lot of backlash for, of course, but she said that she, you know, didn't watch, uh, Dr. Who. And when she knew she was going to get casted, she made sure not to watch it because she didn't want to base her version of the Doctor on any other ones. And I really respect that. And I feel like it's a thing that, like, upsets a lot of people. It's like, oh, well, she needs a reference point. But I don't, you know, I think, you know, the Doctor is, you know, who will make it. What's interesting about that to me is she's one of the actors that reminds me the most of another Doctor. Because she okay. really reminds me of Peter Davidson. Okay. And part of it's the blonde and the, like, beige color. But yeah, she has that similar, like, 
kind of innocent like excitement, which I True. have missed. As much as I love Capaldi, the Matt Smith used to have that. Like, yeah, in the very beginning. Yeah, and you know you can go darker later. You have to go darker at to. points, but. Um, Capaldi was never really excited to see the world. He was the doctor that was like, I'll save you all, but I'm grumpy about it. And I love that, but yeah. it was it's really refreshing because in his final speech, which I watch like twice a month, admittedly, on YouTube. Um, it's incredible. It's amazing. His entire speech is like, here's what the doctor should be. Don't make my mistakes. Laugh hard, run fast, be kind. He was so like, be kind, be excited, be cool to kids. And yeah. Jody, whether that was purposeful or not, or communicated, or if they both just have a similar idea of like how to do the doctor, yeah. Jody lands that. She's Capaldi never cared or cared about people, was mad. Jody openly is like, You're amazing. What what is that? She's I'm I'm calling you yes, because we're friends now. Yeah. And then like on the way, like, oh, we yeah. haven't seen this in a while. I, I like how take charge and confident she was before she even knew who she was. Like, she was already like, I know I care about these people, even though I can't remember my own name. Or Probably my favorite scene of either of these is the moment when she does remember her name. Yes. And she's like up on the crane. She's, you know, like, a, mm. oh, Oh, I was forgetting, but like a little bit of adrenaline, a little bit of panic, gotta save the world. Okay, I'm the doctor. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Yeah, I actually <laughs> wrote down that quote yesterday and then like forgot it. But it was, you know, it's just like we can choose to be, you know, someone different while still staying true to who we were. And I feel like, you know, that speaks to like everyone. Before I started in on these, I, I did make sure to rewatch the last couple of Capaldi's just to be able to notice the differences more. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really stands out to me about Jody's doctor is how often she tells people she's sorry, but never in a way where she's like letting herself get walked on. It's just like a lot of times it's just like, sorry, but this is what we're going to have to do. Now. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> But she acknowledges their feelings more. She knows this is going to suck. Whereas Capaldi would be a little bit more, shut up, this is what we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, sorry. Yeah, this blows, but get run. They're a little more willing to let her be wrong, which I kind of appreciate. Like, Capaldi was a dick, but he wasn't really wrong very often. Like, his plans tended to go... As his plans, That's I feel like true. Even if they took longer. well, and that moment, it's in the second episode. I'm sorry, I'm jumping all around here, yeah. but where they disappear and she thinks that like, well, the TARDIS isn't here. We're gonna die. It's over. We're dead. I can't imagine Capaldi doing that. Yeah, and I have trouble seeing Matt Smith do that too. Eccleston, drop of a hat. Like, yep, we're probably gonna die. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> And 10 was always very optimistic as well, I feel. Well, until, you know, until the end. Obviously. He got a little fatalist at the end there, yes. yeah. Yes, he did. But, like, I think it would have been a very easy decision to kind of continue some of that Doctor Omnipotence, especially with this being the first female Doctor, because whether we like it or not, they had to go in knowing, like, we have to prove this because of the number of people who are saying... Stupid sex is shit about... Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, people were 
you know, already hated it before she was even cast. I mean, they would have hated it. Yeah, no, there's no a definite... who... Right. There's a definite portion of the population that was always going to hate it. But, like, the, I, I just imagine that it would have to feel like an extra level of, like, I have to prove myself that other doctors just don't have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Which is and super unfair, by the way. <laughs> there was, And there was some some lines, some of the writing that sort of alluded directly to that, which was a little on the nose and maybe went some of the weaker bits. And there, there was a bit towards the end of the first episode where she's like, and we can change who we are and still be true to ourselves and honor our past. And I'm like, so you're... Just trying to be like, shut up. It's okay. The doctor's a chick now. I get it. I'm like, I'm on board. And I feel like anyone who really gets what the series is is on board. But, like, it's sad how big of people aren't. Right. I do. It's one of those things that that you also see in the Star Trek. I love that. See, that's one of my favorite, like... It's that weird thing with also, like, the Star Trek fans. Oh, my God. Star Trek fans are the worst. And they shouldn't be. It's a show about space socialism. Space socialism. I knew, yeah. I will die on this hill. (laughs) This is one of those things where I'm like, if you understand the character, this should have been an eventuality, right? But it it just makes me sad. And they tried to go, (laughs) behind the scenes, they tried to go make a female doctor as far back as the 80s. Because I think, I think Baker got the job instead. It was either Baker or Davidson. But uh, Colin Baker, sorry. Oh. But they talked about like make the daughter the doctor a woman, and have returning companions that were like kids. So you know, introduce them in the last few of whatever, and then have the kids be like, "What the hell?" How and her and yeah, her being like, "What? What do you? Why is this weird to you?" Like, suck it up and deal with it. Yeah. Um, that would have been interesting if they would have mm-hmm. done that in the eighties. Tyler, how far into this series do you... No, I've, um, I, like, half asleep watched, uh, two-thirds of the first Jody season, and I haven't seen any more of her stuff yet. Okay. How spoiler-aware... I, I, I don't, I don't care about spoilers for Doctor Who. I see them all the time when I'm looking up... I just wanted to check yeah. before I talked. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. What do you think of the idea of the timeless child? Of... The doctor not of uh, the doctor having lives before the doctors that we know. I like, I don't know, I like the concept, but I can see the opposition. Tyler, um, I don't know, I don't care. Okay, fair like, enough. Like, I t- to me, like, if it makes just as much sense as like the master of being given extra regenerations at one yeah. point, like. Yeah. I'm fine with it. It's another thing where people, like, you don't get Doctor Who at all. Like, they've tried to do this twice in the past. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it's also, I feel like it's just, it's made to be open-ended. It's made to have, you know, weird loopholes so you can throw things in. I you think know? you should be careful, and they've had to do this a couple of times, of ever defining the Doctor too closely. Oh, definitely. If you know every moment of his life, he loses some of that, like, mysterious stranger that the dog, he, she, they, I should really just start using they, need to continue to be what we like about this show. To me, it just 
throws open the door for more possibilities of other stories to tell. Like, awesome. give me an entire Valeyard series. That's Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. What's What's that actress's name? Is that Joe Martin who played the 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 woman who plays the Doctor in next season? Like a previous version of the Doctor. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I know who you're talking about because I remember uh, seeing all the headlines when yeah, she popped on. I totally on. forgot her name. While Tyler looks this up in the Magic Vetting, I will say that woman killed it. She did. I really she want was, more. She was very good. I liked her a lot. Yeah, Joe Martin. Perfect. Okay. okay. Um, but all of that is stuff that is happening kind of next season. Uh, who else? We've uh, we've got Chibnall, who has written for Doctor Who before. Did some decent work here. Um, See, I didn't know that he... He did. I looked this up before we... Oh, yeah. He did a few episodes I liked. 42, uh, The Hungry Earth slash Cold Blood, that two-parter. Those I thought were only okay, but they're Uh, not bad. Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. That one's a lot of fun. Uh, Power of Three, and P.S. Which one was P.S. mini-episode? They did a few episodes of The Pawn's Life at Home. Uh, yeah, And I yeah, think those are the ones. Those. those were pretty fun. Those were good. And I... Power of Three... I mean, it should have, in my opinion, just been written in a way that the pawns retire and we don't have to suffer through the Angels Take Manhattan. But, like, it does a, it's a really good kind of wrap-up episode for Amy and Rory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dinosaurs on a spaceship is a lot fun. of fun. It's stupid, <laughs> but it's fun. It is stupid, but yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, of course, it's it's dinosaurs on a spaceship. It's meant to be. The look on Matt Smith's face when he says that line kind of sums up my feelings. Like, just like, what the fuck? This is amazing. Okay, and I think he did some work for Torchwood, too. So, like, this yeah. Chibnall has yeah. props when it comes to running the show. We also get the new companions. Right, because I watched what I little I did, like, half asleep. They all stick around? Yeah, they just yeah, finished yeah. this. Uh, uh, Ryan and Graham just left at the most recent Christmas episode. Yes, And Yaz has another season. Yeah. And I assume they're going to bring on someone else. They announced it, and oh. he's some... He's younger than... Graham, but he's like, I don't know, he looks like he's about 40s to me. Oh, okay. Which, cool. That's fine. Uh, Yaz even first popping in in the episode, I'm like, there's a companion entrance. (laughs) That feels like a companion entrance. Yeah, no, I agree with that, with Yaz. Also, I feel like they killed Grace too early. I've read some real reviews of that I th- really legitimate reviews I think that was like oh look you killed the no- one black woman again in Doctor Who you've done it to almost all of the black women who well, ever show up on this show well, my, Martha actually got up and Martha and her ending. family lived through it and that's true but like they also kind of torture porn them a little bit as yeah. much as Doctor Who does yeah. but like mm-hmm. apparently it's if it's a black woman character who's not, like, a main character, there's a solid chance she's gonna die. Yeah. I mean, but then again, a they lot all, of people die in Doctor Who. I'm, I'm gonna not, say, they, don't they kill, like, most of the companions anyways? So... I just... It was one of those critiques that I read that I'm like, I don't necessarily disagree with this, yeah. but... 
But I feel like that was also like a reason to give Ryan and Graham mm-hmm. like to travel with the doctor. They absolutely fridge her. But it also, I don't know. I'm really torn on this because I love Grace so much. Yes, she was great. And I'm really tired of female characters being killed to give male characters pathos. So purpose, yeah. But this was also really well done. And like, I thought Graham needing to travel because he's trying to, learning how to deal with the death of his wife was a really good storyline. Like, yeah, damn I, it. Both of these things are true simultaneously they to are. me. Yeah. So I went into this episode looking at the title and I'm like, oh, the, the woman who fell to earth. And I start looking to try to see if there's anything like, like Bowie-ish, like the man that fell to earth. And I think that's probably what a lot of people did because what the, the title's invoking and we're like, oh, he was an alien. She's an alien. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end of the episode and you find out that the, the setup for the episode with the video that Ryan was making was about grace and she fell to earth. I literally didn't get this until you started this Whoa. sentence and now I'm kind of mad at you, but <laughs> Oh, wow. So was it really about the third? It was. It, I mean, it was about I mean, the third, yeah, but it was also really also more about referencing Grace. Grace. Yeah. Damn. Well played, Jibs. <laughs> that like I I agree that you probably shouldn't have fridged her, and I was really sad to see her go. But it kind of made the writing of this episode have a certain poetry to it. That it, it definitely does. Yeah. I like all the things that happened because Grace died. Even while I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm just playing with the duality there. But uh, it did kind of set a tone of this is dangerous from the beginning. Even if we're gonna do kind of the like happier explore the world, Doctor, people die. <sighs> well, and then there's also a perverse comedy to having uh, that touching poet poetic moment of the woman that fell to earth truly actually being grace but then you end the episode titled the woman that fell to earth with everybody floating up in space Mm. yeah (laughs) that was a ballsy way to end it too yeah (laughs) everyone in space what about okay what about the actual companions themselves as much as i would have loved a grace and graham traveling with i guess let's go with graham first i said his name I like Graham. Um, I didn't really like, I don't know. I thought he was kind of boring at first. But then he grew on me. And then I just ended up really loving him. And now I like go back and I love him from the beginning. But it, it, it took me a while. I think that's fair. I think he's one of my favorites, but I definitely like that grew over the seasons. I just also have reached an age where I'm really enjoying older people traveling with the doctor instead of 19-year-olds every time. That's fair. I like those two. We're going to have to say good things about Ryan and yes, but, like, as someone who also is, like, tired a lot and my knees hurt, like... They're all fine. I mean, for me, Yaz is the only one that seems like an all-the-time companion, if that makes sense. I agree with that. She's full in pretty quick. Yeah. Like, the the others are cool and they're fine, but, like, they remind me of other characters from past seasons that, like, I've seen before. It, that's cool. Whatever, Graham, I've seen fucking Donna's. He's kind of Donna and a little bit Wilf at the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ryan is any of the attractive teenagers yeah. that travel with the doctor, but without the romance subplot, which is, I appreciate. Yes. I'm not against Doctor Who romance subplots. I mean, I grew I up am. on Rose, but <laughs> I don't blame you. I just didn't think it should. I didn't think there was ever a reason for it. Thought there was so much other things they could do. What a silly thing to focus on. I don't know. I was, how old was I in two thousand five? I was seventeen. Yeah. And Billy Piper is very cute. I was all in <laughs> on that romance. I mean, yeah. Um, like most, you know, most people love Rose, and I just, I'm just like, I don't like her. She annoyed me. I think I've said this on the podcast before. When I watch Rose. I definitely still have some of that, like, I was 17 and she's really cute I and I was super fair. in love with her. But then I, like, watch her as, like, a 33-year-old. I'm like, oh, I understand now. It's <laughs> like, you're a You're teenager. really obnoxious sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love Rose. <laughs> That's fair. I don't have much to say about Ryan yet on these first few episodes. Uh, the main thing we get about him is, I mean... He's still trying a little too hard to be cool. Like, he's a little standoffish with Graham, and uh, yeah. I get why. Uh, he has abandonment complex, and he's got the the thingy that messes with his uh, balance. So, like, he can't ride the bike, and oh, he can't ride. Right. Ladders are difficult for him. Which, uh, a companion with a disability is kind of a cool idea. It's not, like, something we really see. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, dyspraxia. Thank you. I don't think it gets used a ton after these early episodes, though, which is disappointing. Yeah, because I definitely was like, oh, I forgot about that, like, when I rewatched. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They, these episodes, they didn't really stand out to me, I guess. Just Yaz. I was yeah. like, cool. Yaz seems like a companion from the get-go. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. on board with people that seem like companions from the get-go. <laughs> yeah. Anything to say on the Yaz other than that? I mean... It's interesting to watch cops in things for me on media now, especially after the last year or so. And we've talked a little bit about our opinions on cops on this show, but not too much because that's not what this podcast is about. Um, but watching, I mean, just anything British, watching cops is fascinating to me because yeah, it's see, a completely I'm, different environment. That's how I feel about it, too. It's like, I, you know, I, I'm like, it doesn't even like phase me, really. They don't okay. have guns. They're wearing bright colors. Yeah. <laughs> Their little checkered thing is kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have much to add beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely seeing non-American cops doesn't upset me as much, I think. I think this might be the problem with these episodes, because they're well done. They're good episodes. I like them. But, like, I don't have many moments that I'm, like, sitting up in my chair being like, Yeah! Which Capaldi's first intro was such like a shock. Like he's like, yeah. You think he leaves Clara to die at one point? You're like, what the fuck? I mean, David Tennant gets in a fucking sword fight. Matt Smith is running around, like the eleventh hour a fire speech. truck. Like yeah, oh, the eleventh yeah. hour speech, which is eleventh hour is my favorite Doctor like new Doctor intro episode. Yeah. Mm, yep. And my problem is these episodes are good, but they don't have. They don't have that power. That bombastic, yeah, yeah. power. Uh, so they're very well done. And it's just, I think part of it is Chibnall is 
much more subtle a creator than Moffat or RTD were. But it means when I'm looking in, I'm like, these are well done, but I don't know. I mean, you know, she has that one speech, like when she's figuring out who she is. It's great. And it's It's an amazing speech. It's Um, great. But that's like, you know, the only part that really makes you feel I don't think these would be my like, oh, introduce someone to Doctor Who? Watch these ones. Mm -hmm. I I think I would still probably go back to like Matt Smith these days. And this would be such this would have been such a good opportunity to like set up like that in the way the Moffat did too, of we've got a fresh slate on like almost everything. We can make like let's make this show super intro friendly. And it's yeah. relatively, but actually in some levels it really is, because it's uh not using any returning villains in the first season was I did like that. It was a bold choice. It was. The tooth guy creeps me the fuck out. Yeah. That was a little bit of a letdown for me. The two, Well, the tooth guy, like, he's a creepy look. Visually, he creeps me the fuck out. But his first introduction, when you have, like, him standing up out of the pod, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, Cyberman. No, it's not a Cyberman. I don't care. Oh, see, if it had been a Cyberman, I would have, like, I'd still have watched the show, let's be honest, but I'd been like, oh, whatever. See, I would have shat myself if it was Cyberman, because I know what threat they are. When it was just this guy, I was like, oh, so he's a one-off to get past the first episode. I'm sorry. I'm just... (laughs) I'm that Dalek at the end of season two that's making fun of the Cybermen. That's kind (laughs) of my worldview on the Cybermen. I I agree with you completely there. The Cybermen have never done that much I don't find them that intimidating. No. Give me a silent Cyberman. One of the creepy original ones? Yeah, okay. The ones where they're wearing, like, socks over their head? Yeah, but they have no sound. (laughs) You don't hear them coming. I mean... Yeah. The silence creeped me out more than... So I used to make no sound, so I automatically thought of the silence. Daleks. Just a class. Oh, oh, I love the Santarans. Oh yeah. yeah. The because uh, like I really like the Zygon idea, and I think the design, the sucker people, is pretty good. But like the episodes themselves tend to be eh. Santarans are funny. Bosch and Narada. Ooh. Ooh. They're re- They're not really returning ones, nah. but they are like the worst. That like I watch those episodes, and the next day I'm like walking in a shadow. I'm like, I don't oh, want to do this. oh yeah. <laughs> That's the thing though with the Cybermen. At least they're returning, and that sets up a big credible threat. That's for me. true. The returningness makes them credible, and when I just saw it was any like rando in a futuristic mechanical suit, I was like, okay, let's see. And then he took his head off, and I'm like, okay, so that's disgusting. But <laughs> what? I will say, when the Cybermen do return in the next season after this one. They are a much more credible threat, and I think part of it is they had time to, like, sit on it for a while. And, and not them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just not to be as burned out on them. Like, the Daleks had... We had to stop doing Dalek episodes for a it while. It was too much. Like, Especially after, like, the really colorful dialects and... I am the only person on Earth that loved the Skittle Daleks. I mean, I thought they were cool looking, but they definitely were like, here they are all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Dialects are fun. 
I think after Davros kidnapped the Earth, they were like, okay, we need to do some a few less Dalek stories for a while. I like that there was new enemies in this. I felt mm-hmm. like it just gave it kind of a fresh, like, this is going to be different. more but. about the, like, shitty rich guy making death races and, like, that cultural... Mostly because I want to see bad things happen to that guy, admittedly, yeah. but... Um, on one hand, I'm like, oh, fuck, that'd be a really great bit of world building you kind of abandoned. But on the other, I sometimes like it when Doctor Who, like, gives you a hint of an idea and then goes on its way without over-explaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of... See, now I'm going back to Matt Smith. I feel like This there is was, every Doctor Who episode we've ever done. <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of... You just said over-explaining, and I feel like that was a Doctor that definitely over-explained... Maybe not really him, but maybe like the episodes. Like, Moffat. Yeah, I guess that's just really Moffat. I mean, he really wanted you to know the Weeping Angels. So, you know. More than the Weeping Angels needed knowing. Yeah. Way more. So, so I, I speaking like the, of the, the dude setting up the race, though, the second episode was fine for me. I like that first episode a lot more. Yeah, the second episode didn't really do that. I'm glad she gets her TARDIS at the end. Yeah. The scene where the TARDIS is coming back, and, like, she's like, come on, I really need this, and then we get to see the inside of the TARDIS, and um, having her say, I really like it, instead of the usual, like, oh, I don't like it, that the doctors do. I really enjoyed that, but I agree with you. It's the episode itself... It should feel more dangerous to me since they're walking through a desert, but, like, it never has... The stakes never feel particularly high to me. I'll admit I I checked out a little bit when they're first on the planet and then the other ship is going to crash and they all have attended the Prometheus school of running away from things. And just run in that straight line right where the thing is crashing when at any time they could have just took five steps off to the right or left and they would have been completely out of the way. Classic sci-fi move right there. Yeah. Um, I liked the bits with Ryan and Graham on the boat. I I think probably my favorite follow-through of this season is watching those two get closer. And I did appreciate Graham more the more Ryan did, interestingly enough. Yeah. Uh, like I, so that was well done. Um, I was kind of surprised. I'll, I'll be honest. I was kind of surprised that um, that the weird little Call of Duty segment happens. Yeah, he's gonna run out and just Ryan shoot them all. Run out and shoot a bunch of stuff, and, oh, run, yeah, and it goes bad funny. for him immediately. And but when it happens, I was like, oh, it's just gonna like flash back, and somebody's gonna tell him what a stupid idea that was, and then it doesn't flash back turns out he actually did that and ran out there and now has to run back and now they're surrounded and that was kind of dumb but like the fact that it actually played out like that kind of took me back and i was like oh okay we're not you actually tried something here we're not used to seeing companions be like why don't we just shoot it that's true that's (laughs) usually not a uh a tactic they go for and he did a pretty good job. He just, he didn't know that the weapons wouldn't work on their armor. Like, but he nailed them all and knocked yeah, them to the ground shot. at least. It, yeah. Like, if that would have <laughs> been an AK, his plan might have won. Like, I keep staring off into space for long moments, trying to be like, what's a really, like, 
deep thing I can say about these, and I don't have them. They're solid, well-crafted science fiction. I mean, so it sold me on wanting to get more Doctor. Yeah, more Jody Doctor. Yeah. Because I haven't went through it yet. In fairness, that's all it really needs to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's all you need, you know, the first episode or two to do is to get you interested enough to want to watch more. So. Also, like, it's not necessarily why I watch the show because it's Doctor Who, but legit, the special effects in these episodes were really good. Mm-hmm. It is, I mean, it's getting a lot better. And the camera so. work's really pretty. Yeah. Although I remember watching special effects on the old ones and being like, this is good, and watching, especially the RTD era, but even some of the early Smith stuff now, I'm like, that that is not as good as I thought it was. So I'm curious, <laughs> but that's just special effects, just seeing how they age. Um, that That's true. These yeah. are very prettily shot, though. Yeah, well, watching watching the effects on, like, Eccleson's. Ridiculously bad, yeah. Yeah. 2005 special uh, uh, CGI. When they were rebooting a show with like no budget. Yeah. Moisturize me. (laughs) Moisturize. You know, actually, I will say though, the physical effects from that do hold up relatively well. They do. They really do. (laughs) I'll just tell. I was trying to get a coworker into Doctor Who the other day, and I was like, yeah, and there's this really screwed up episode where they go to the end of Earth, and there's the last biological human, and no, I have to explain this now, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> what, do we have anything else on these episodes? I don't think so. I'm having a hard time, like, I feel like I want to talk about them more, but I'm having a hard time bringing anything to mind that, like... I really like her new Sonic. Her Sonic school. What do you think of the new TARDIS? I love the new TARDIS. I like the... I like how different it is. My wife's really in love with it, too. I think it's fine. I I like the new TARDIS more than I like the new Sonic. I'm not a fan of the new Sonic. Really? I really like the scene where she... I mean, I'm fine with it either way, but I really like the scene where she makes it and is like... The I did like that. Stuff. That was... That was awesome. And I like that she like added her own little like flair. This will be fun. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The fact that she like forged it in front of us makes me like it more than I think I would have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like all the other doctors had to be like, especially like twelve. Like his was like so flashy and showy, and we see twelve. It just straight up comes out of the console. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, like he Capaldi did not make that shit. That was his. It was like ding. Here you go. Uh, And with her, it's I've got this like like, I'm gonna I've got a welder and a sledgehammer. Let's do this. Yep, which I thought was awesome. I guess I do like the most. Almost the most minimal. You like I, I like the War Doctor. Oh, War Doctors is pretty oh. good. There's like nothing to it's mm-hmm. it's a pen. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually like Rivers Sonic mm. a lot. That one's pretty cool. It's interesting looking. I think I think Matt Smith's might be my favorite. Yeah. It's really over the top, but I don't it might be also because I had that toy. I see I have a couple <laughs> of them. Like I have I have fours. Which is just very odd. That one's just like it's like a, a silver sphere with like, like a round a, a round thing on the top. It's it's well, quite... it's it's is it fours that they turned into the war doctors? I don't. I, I don't. I don't think remember. So it was, because one of them, like the war doctors, 
was literally one of the toys of one of the other doctors that they popped a piece off of and then they put like an extra cap on the bottom. And so if you have the toy and then then they made that's what they used for the very first one, mm-hmm. which then they made one based off of that four. But the more like realistic version is and they make sure to actually have like the doubled up like copyright on the bottom because where they just put the like the other cap on top of it and shit like it's funny that's really but funny. it's legit just a toy in its uh, first appearance that's nine and tens i guess it was nines at the time uh sonic screwdriver was so like poorly built the first one that when the toy came out the toy was better than the original model as I read it, and <laughs> so they just like swapped it out. And they're like, okay. They would just like use the toy. Good job. At least that's the story I read. I mean, it's the internet. It's hard to, uh, but. I mean, I feel I feel like that's kind of believable. I mean, that's one of the cool things about sci-fi. Like, mm-hmm. you could just be like, all right, it's a toy. It looks just as good. I mean, yeah. it's, what are you pulling out here? Oh, you're pulling out a sonic screwdriver. So this is what I was talking about. They have the info on the bottom, but then that's an extra cap. And so they have it in two places. Okay. I've, I've kind of learned this as we've been recording this. If I really like a show or if I really dislike a show, I can make really good podcasting. But like middle shows, I'm like, well, it was fine. It was fun. Things happen. See you next time. <laughs> there was a TARDIS eventually. <laughs> It's a much more traditional-looking TARDIS on the outside. Which I like. Oh, I like. I actually yeah. really like the exterior. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, I don't know how I skipped over this. The, the fact that Jody's like the thrift shop doctor. I do like that. Yeah, like the <laughs> DIY doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and just like even her like picking out her suit, like That's you're looking true. around, like they're in a thrift shop, they're like in a you see. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying on fifty random things in a thrift store, yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is just kind of fun. And then you could tell she just like threw something together because she was like, all right, good enough. I'm tired. I've stuff on. I've heard people critique the pants that she has, but honestly, like really high pants with suspenders is about the most doctor move you can make. It's very true, and it kind of goes back to. Peter Davidson, I feel Peter like. Peter Davidson, Colin Baker had, mm-hmm. like, suspenders all the time in spats. Seven, uh, so didn't... I mean, his was much better put together, but yeah, he always... He I think suspenders. he had suspenders a bunch, too. Like, he had that kind of suit. It's a look that I'm surprised how much I like, considering how different it is from my favorite two Doctors fashions, uh, Three and Capaldi. Oh, okay. so basically the, the same. same. Basically the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three is one of my least favorite doctors. I, yeah. I mean, so is Davidson. Like, honestly, they're probably my bottom two. You don't like James Bond doctor? I do and don't <laughs> at the same time. Bond James Bond as played by someone who really wishes he was, um, oh my God, why am I blanking? Guitar, for hero name. Uh, black guy played guitar. Had wore ruffles all the time. Was it Woodstock? Jimmy Hendrix? Hendrix? Hendrix, thank you for fucking fuck's sake. Oh, my God. He was Capaldi if... Or not, not Capaldi. He was Bond if Bond dressed like Hendrix. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, I liked it. I, I don't know. I felt like he was... I think I actually saw some of Three's episodes when I was little, and I think it, like, he scared me. That actually makes sense. I know I saw, I have an appreciation for Six partly because I saw Six as a kid. Okay. Mm. 
Um, like, I know that's why I had this, like, connection to... Because I remember really liking 4 because of the scarf. I oh, I still want that fucking scarf. It's a very cool <laughs> scarf. I, I should say, it's much like things we've talked about on other ones of, like, who's your favorite, who's your least favorite. Someone's got to be the worst. That doesn't mean they're bad. Right. Yeah, like, but by process of elimination, something has to be the worst. Yeah. Once you skim away everything that you liked... I've only seen, like, one episode of The Second Doctor, but it didn't really do much for me. But it's a very small scale, I guess. So. I like him a lot. Okay. I think he's one of my higher-rated ones, but okay. I, I get... I super get why. I'm also weirdly fond of one, considering that he's kind of a shitty old man. God. They're hard to watch, They're though. They're very like, hard to they watch. Are... I was like, cavemen? What? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> his third, why, why are there cavemen? His third serial, though, it's only like a two-parter. They just needed to like kill some time uh, between the Daleks and the Aztecs. <laughs> so they just did like a two-episode bottle episode. Of, uh, <laughs> they're all trapped in the TARDIS and are like slowly getting closer to killing each other, but like get through some of their shit in the process. Because, yeah, I mean, he straight up kidnapped his companions. Like, there's... I mean, that's true. Everyone else is like, you want to come in and hang out and have fun? And, like, I swear I'm not a creep. No, he's like, get in. We're doing this. You don't yeah. have a choice. We're going! Bye! Caveman times. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's actually a really well-done serial. Like, I, I think it's one of the better ones of those. But That's about all I got. Watch Doctor, Doctor Who! <laughs> okay, what about recommendations? Um, I'm trying to think of something that's not Ted Lasso, because we just did that episode, but I've been trying to get everyone to watch Ted Lasso lately. Uh, you know, okay, I got, so, the the latest in the franchise is going to be coming out soon, and to sort of cross over with the fact that I watch horror movies every week, I'm going to recommend the original uh, Candyman movie, with Tony Todd as a... Bloody Mary figure in uh, the Chicago Cabrini Green neighborhood. I really love Tony Todd. It's a fantastic movie and actually deals a lot with gentrification. Really interesting. That's one of the bad guys in that film, which to everyone trying to say that the new movie looks too woke, like it's always been there in this franchise, so... Whatever. Anyway. Anytime someone says a new thing looks too woke, I just admittedly kind of stop listening to that person. I know, yeah. me too. Um, but it's also it's one of those ones where I'm like, did you not pay attention to the first one? No. Did you think they the first, clearly did not? Did you think the first one was only a slasher movie? It's not. Go rewatch it. And if yeah. you've never seen it, go watch it. It's a fantastic slasher that also is not only that, and it's a lot of fun. So. Um, and the new one looks fantastic. The trailers look so good. So, oh my god, I keep having it and then losing it. Having, uh, let's go with Skull Kickers by Jim Zub. It is a fantasy comic that is a very bizarre fan. Like it, it's a, a a comedy fantasy comic book, which is real hard to sell in the American comic book scene these days, where it's kind of superhero or dark pathological thriller they can turn into a Netflix series. Like, these are the two genres of stuff anymore. And it is about these two extremely amoral mercenaries. One is 
the short one, who is a dwarf, and one is the bald one, who is a man with a gun. And they go fight fantasy stuff. I'm not really sure how to sell it beyond that. It's funny and weird, and the dwarf gets killed and comes back as a zombie. Yeah. But, like, there's an entire issue where they'll occasionally check back to where he is, and he's just on the bottom of the ocean drowned. Like... (laughs) I like that. Uh, Hardy, anything you want to... Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a book. Um, the City We Became by N.K. Jemison. Um, it's a really cool urban sci-fi, I guess. It's like a good way to categorize it. It's um, There's like seven different people, and they all represent one of the boroughs of New York. Okay. Cool. And um, and it's the first in a series, and it just came out either this year or the end of last year. But it's so well done, and it's, you know, again, like, super diverse, and just, like, a very interesting, like, I, was, I read it, I was like, wow, I've actually never read something like that before. Like, the way, like, she creates the characters and also creates a city at the same time, like, out of these people. It's really interesting. And it kind of, like, shows how, like, they have to come together. Like, all the boroughs have to come together in order to, like, stop everything from mm-hmm. collapsing. And it's it's really cool. Hmm. I've not read that one. I have read some N.K. Jemison before, and okay. I really liked her. I read, um, I don't know if I finished it because it was pandemic stuff. And I was like, this is heavy! I can't do that right now. Uh, the Hundred Thousand Kingdoms. Okay. Which is her high fantasy series. Yeah, I haven't read that one. I read it's The Stone Sky, which was. It's pretty wild. good. Like, I recommend okay. it. And I've read a little bit of the Green Lantern miniseries she wrote recently called Far Sector. Oh, I did Which didn't know I she fucking need that. to get, read cool. all of that because it was awesome. That's, yeah. I really like her as a writer. She's, yeah. She's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Heidi, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me. This was, this was a lot of fun. Uh, it I'm, is perfectly fine if you don't, but do you have anything that you want to, like, people can follow you, thing that you, things that you give out to the world that you want to brag about? Um, I mean, I have a really cute little pug. and It is know, adorable. You're not <laughs> wrong. Really cute, and she has an Instagram. What is your pug's Instagram? Please tell us. My pug's Instagram is Ziggy Rocket with two T's. All right. So so it's Z I G G Y R O C K. I am so happy right now to learn this information. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I don't even uh, use Instagram, but I might fucking have to for this pug. So, yeah, you know, you can uh, go uh, follow my tiny pug. Yeah. Really awesome. That's so good. That's, Um, That's about all I got, but yeah. Join us next. Uh, <laughs> join us next time for something. I just realized right now we haven't decided what it is yet. Uh, but we will decide. Hey, it'll be an excitement for everyone to find out. Uh, and it'll be something awesome. In the meantime, <laughs> we're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Dismissed. Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. 
Uh, also, I mean, tell your friends. We always appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, email us generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. Uh, while you're there, check out all of our back catalog or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.